Hey yo, ladies and gents, it is time for the talk. And no, it's not the talk you're thinking of. I'm your host, Lucelles Martinez, and welcome back to another seven minutes or so with me. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. So today is actually a very special day because I get to have one of my best friends of the whole universe, Ms. Z, Ms. Zelia Rose over here to just talk about some of her experiences um, going to San Diego State University and just in general. So like her and I, we are t- always talking about these kinds of things. My boo. Yeah. here. Oh my God. You know that song that's like, what's that song that's like, my boo. Speaking of uh, black culture, right, and so like I just felt you guys have heard me do a bunch of different stuff at this point, but I just felt like you guys should hear a very um, real just conversation here. So First question is, what has your experience been as a black student at SDSU? So just spitball. I mean, I feel like for the most part, it's been pretty good. I've been able to make like, um, a, I mean, like a good group of like solid friends here, like a good um, support system. But I definitely feel like at first, as a as a black woman, like on campus, it can be really um, alienating because um and just kind of like i mean a little bit of a culture shock because i feel like i mean while there are like my experience was coming from a very small town like predominantly white um state in oregon coming here there was more diversity but at the same time like as i was here longer I started noticing that it's like definitely still um, a predominantly white campus, and uh, I mean, I just it's it's very alienating for me because you know I'm I'm tall, I'm black, like I'm you know I stand out compared to like the majority, which is like white, short, blonde women. Like it's <laughs> that was kind of my experience. I was like, oh my god, like I do not fit in here at all. Um, so I guess that was kind of, like, interesting, um, but I, I found a really good support system and just friends and also in the black community here, um, took Afras classes and I feel like that really helped me, like, find myself and find, like, a community that I can, um, feel welcomed and, um, yeah, be myself in. Nice. The next question that I want to ask is, do you believe that there is institutional racism? Um, yes, for sure, <laughs> definitely. Um, I mean, I feel like you see it in a lot of like just different ways. 
um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, a like a really good example. Like, are you talking about more more like on our campus or just in general? Well, both. I mean, in general, and then if you you know can see it on our campus as well, and how. Um. I mean, I. I think this is considered like an institution. I would consider it an institution, but like the fraternity sorority scene, mm. I would definitely, I would definitely oh. say that. Um, my God, um, I mean, a lot of the ways I personally experienced it is um, like trying to get into frat parties, trying to get into like, uh, uh, yeah, frat parties. Um, I feel like a lot of times. Uh, the excuse of like the fraternities is you know it's like a com- it's a competitive like um, like institution in general like it's selective so like we can like essentially discriminate but like at the same time like you know I have gone with um, friends friends of mine that are people of color and we tried to get in and they were like no sorry like no not much you in and then uh, like I've literally only been to two prep parties and the times I got in was when it was just me, (laughs) a black woman, and then everyone else was like literally like all white and blonde. Um, So like for me that was kind of like eye-opening. That was like really my first, um, I guess like major experience of it on this campus. And I feel like a lot of the way it's like, I don't know about necessarily like institutional racism racism but there definitely is like racism just in general on the campus and um i would say like i see it a lot in like microaggressions like i've had people come up to me and, and like start talking or like or like be like oh i like saw you like the other day like this and that um or, like i think we had a class together when it like in reality, was a completely different person, um, oh, wow. and yeah. Invasion <laughs> <What? laughs> like, uh, like, of the body or, snatchers, or yeah, just like stuff that like that, or like, oh my god, like I'm trying to think, like, oh my god, like your hair is so like it's so pretty, like can I touch it, or like just coming up and like touching my hair, oh. like all yeah, that's like that's my favorite. I love that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to like think of other times because there definitely have been oh oh actually just I mean this wasn't directly targeted at me but um I there's like a group um a group chat chat going for one of my um Africana like history classes that I'm taking currently and um I was reading in the chat and they were like talking about um like this and that and like one one guy let's call him Bob Bob was asking um, uh, Dave why uh, why he was taking like two Afros classes, and um, Dave replied by saying, "Oh, like oh, it's just because of this like cultural like BS that the school makes us have to do like these these stupid like cultural like requirements. Like oh, there's like no way I would ever be taking like one of these oh, wow. if if." Uh, if I didn't have to, and I was like, oh my god, like, do you hear yourself, like, first of all, you're in a group chat, you're in a class with, that's literally an Africana studies class, so, like, 
you've been on the Zoom call, like, there are obviously black people. We literally have a black instructor. Like, what's, like, I don't, that's just so disrespectful on one hand, but, like, also, like, you're, it's just, I just feel like it's just, especially in this day and age when there have been so many, um, police brutality, um, like, incidents as of late, like, just a couple days ago, like, with, um, Jacob Blake is his name, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just so, it's so ignorant and so, uh, hurtful to be saying that when, like, I don't think you're just closing yourself off from, um, other perspectives and information and, um, just, like, perpetuating that, like, ignorant, um, I guess, an ignorant worldview, like, I don't know, it just, it was really triggering for me and really frustrating. Wow. Yeah. When I, um, I ended up going to a town hall meeting with Shirley Weber, who is like a, she's basically a part of our government. Like she, she represents yeah, us. Yeah, I've met her. Yeah. She's amazing, right? She's um, amazing. And she's, she's a senator, right? And she's mm-hmm. super cool. And one thing that she was talking about was how she wanted to incorporate these cultural ethnicity classes into the uh, SDSU curriculum but one of the main reasons why is not even for just black people or Asian people or whoever the minority is we're talking about in these classes it's because they want uh, people who have not had the chance to like experience or learn about these things to actually get a chance to because a lot of the things that we'll talk about in like those Afros classes especially like the 120s and the 140s and stuff Mm -hmm. is stuff that we pretty much already know we're just going into it more deeply Really, yeah, but there's totally. there's people that have never even uh, begun to like scratch the surface of what any of it means, and yeah. the fact that he's so quick to like push it away, Mr. Bob over here, is yeah. because he just you know to be ironic, it's like you know Bob the Builder, <laughs> you gotta take those building blocks, buddy, and you gotta build something out of it, and that thing that you're building is called uh, logic, and it's called understanding of other people, and the fact yes. that they're giving these giving these tools. They don't appreciate them, you know, and that's not okay because you can't go, you, you go your whole life without understanding anybody else's point of view, and then you think you know what they've gone through, but you don't even try to understand. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and to re- quickly add to my point, with this particular class, it was an Afri- Africana Studies history class beginning in, um, in uh, like early Africa, like early Africa, like starting at our roots, and literally like the first thing that we're talking about is why it is important to study, like go back and relearn our history because like literally the education system in our, uh, especially in our country, uh, leaves out so much, and it's mm-hmm. clearly a Eurocentric like um, view, Eurocentric like. Uh, instruction um and yeah just i mean so it just was even more like disrespectful and shocking to hear that i was like wow and you like, know what's crazy that's too? really bad you know what's crazy too is you know when something happens and they'll say like if it's a police brutality scenario they're like well i want to hear both sides of the story right even my dad mm-hmm. has said that which is completely understandable especially with what was happening with uh, George Floyd, right? They were like, mm-hmm. well, it looks like my dad was saying, you know, it seems like the police, the officer and uh, Floyd had personal uh, issues already. And so my dad was like, oh, I want to see what happened before. Like, I want to see 
the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, why? Like, we see the video, that's enough, isn't it? And he's like, because even if, even if it's in Floyd's favor or against it, we need to know the whole story, right? But then yeah. it's the same people that say, oh, I need to hear the whole story in that scenario that don't care to hear the whole story of an entire culture, of an entire race. Like, you want to hear the, 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 the both sides of the story only when the other side that's not being listened to at the moment is yours. And that's where you need to check your privilege. That's where you need to check your privilege. Because we've been hearing Eurocentric history views since we were kids. So we yeah. really shouldn't be complaining about hearing. It's like it's just like, it's just like taking another history class, right? People complain yeah. about that all the time. I don't want to take history, right? But we understand that we have to take it because it's important to learn about. Yeah, our first class. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, an Afras class is just like a history class, but in a different point of view. So you should listen to it because you have both sides of the story. Yeah, and as we're seeing right now, like, history, like, I love, honestly, I love the the saying history repeats itself Mm -hmm. because it's so true. Like, we're saying that. I mean, honestly, the sad thing is, (laughs) I mean, it's not even, like, I guess at this moment, if you're really going to, like, critique it, like, it's not even... Um, repeating itself this has been an ongoing process mm-hmm. um, since um, I mean specifically with police brutality since um, the Emancipation Proclamation was issued and you know post um, post end of slavery end of civil war like uh, that's when really the police like institution was created to catch slaves like that's literally that was what its purpose was mm-hmm. and it really hasn't stopped since then so it's i mean yeah it's, it's incredibly important to know our history and like make the connections to try to I mean, really, like, make change. It's crazy. This country is in need of change. Right. And I want to say, too, to anybody that's listening to this uh, when it comes out, anything that we talk about when it comes to these cases, when it comes to uh, what happened with uh, Floyd, when we're talking about institutional racism, when we're talking about why the police was created in the point that Z just made, I will be doing... um, like podcasts where I have sources linked and stuff so that you can begin to check that out yourself. But since Mm -hmm. this is a, like just a conversation, we're just going to touch on these topics. But if you want to like actually have, you know, I know that's really important and I think it's super important for you to fact check these things as well. Um, definitely we will be like, I will be covering these things as well. Just wanted to mention that. Thanks. Yeah. So Cause that's a huge thing. Like you'll talk about something and everybody's like, "What's the source?" And I'm like, "Oh, I know. I got you, bro. Let, give me a second. Yeah, yeah and it's frustrating when people do that because there's like some things that black people like I know. Yes. Myself being a black person, so like when people know I'm like stating a fact that I, you know, I learned in class or that I have learned like my life through my through my experiences through shared experiences like don't don't question us you know like there's there's certain things that we know like we've learned that we've learned this we've experienced this so don't question black people on you know on stuff like that because it's very triggering and it's super offensive like you're questioning our the experiences that we've had you know currently and also like 
generationally. Like it, there's some things that are like literally generational trauma. So yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? What would you say about it? Oh, I mean, I agree. I think like even going back to something like, let's give an example, like slave times, right? There were these yeah. songs that slaves would sing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one? What way down in the river? Way down by the river. Yeah, I was kidding. Um, but these songs that people used to sing, they carried this very like similar message. And if any slave at that time would have heard it, it's very likely that they would have understood it. But then, yeah. you know, a white Amazing person. Amazing grace. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then yeah. if, if another race would have heard it, not just white, any race, or uh, even just a black person that had never been a slave, let's say, they maybe would not have understood that song because it's not something that they would have had to know. It's not something that they experienced, right? Exactly. So I think that's just really important to understand. Like even even black people who are not a part of the BLM movement who say they don't support it and these things, most of the time when you ask them, hey, do you believe that there's institutional racism? Do you believe that there's racism? They don't say no. What they have is a different perspective. They say, I, I don't want to be a victim or I don't want to, uh, nobody can have power over me or yeah, those are just a different opinion. That's just a different perspective. But the fact that we know that racism exists is real. If you don't yeah. think racism exists, I'd love to know why. Why do you not? Yeah, that, that just blows my mind. Like when people say that, honestly, like I don't even. There, there, actually, it, it doesn't it, it make sense to say that it doesn't because racism is based on this uh like fundamentally like just it's just an it's just a belief so you can't say that racism doesn't exist because you're saying nobody can ever have the belief that that you're better than anybody else and we all know that that's not true and the only difference is you're basing it off something like skin color and and it's not far-fetched at all so yeah yeah we're we're human beings and we we categorize and, and stereotype ourselves and others so it makes perfect sense that racism is real because it's just something that is, is bound to happen when you have human beings that are going to place judgment based on things that they can see. Yeah, and to go into, like, the, like, the concept of race, like, race, I don't, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I feel like this has been talked about more frequently, or, like, um, uh, more, like, more late, or late, lately, but, um, you know, race is a, is a social construct, and <laughs> it it blows my mind like that our whole society like actually globally like it is based off of race like literally <laughs> in my anthropology class we were talking about like this anthropologist the scientist uh, I believe his name was Blumenbach um, he thought that um, try to explain this in a way that makes sense he thought that um, like everyone like everyone's uh, physical like expression like their characteristics which is called the phenotype he thought that that yes. was um static so like he thought that there were there were five groups of what he called like race um racial or like racial um like categories that everyone in the world could be placed into so like one of them was like mongoloids there's like ethiopians which is um you know, black people, uh, the, like, Caucasoid, um, group, you know, which is Caucasian, and, uh, I, I think there's, you know, a few more that I forget what the names were, but, um, so he, he thought that that was the only way, but then later on, um, other scientists, like, 
looked into it and they were like, no, like our our phenotype, like our you know our characteristics do change. That's like completely um, incorrect. But somehow, I mean, it's basically just because you know humans are ingrained to like you said put people in boxes to categorize like it's literally like a human character like characteristic like it's how we process um things and that's literally like that's literally the only reason why like race the concept the idea of race has continued into our society like literally it's just because of that somebody asked me um you know when I think of drug dealers, who do I think of, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, black people, right? And I go, no, because when I'm thinking drugs, I live in Cali, so I'm thinking weed, and I'm thinking like stuff like that, right? Coke, uh, mm-hmm. and and I'm talking pure cocaine, and I'm thinking white. I'm not thinking black. Now you ask me the type of drug is gonna change because like, coke, coke is seen as a, as you know, like. At least, you know, it's such bullshit because, like, people who bought coke would, you know, so, like, more often than not get lesser sentences, um, especially if they were, you know, because they were, um, if they're not, you know, people of color, um, you know, coke is seen as, like, a high-class, like, white uh, drug, while crack is seen as, like, poor, black, like, yeah like it's it's crazy but yeah sorry no no like when you specify that like crack versus just plain coke cocaine yeah we're now changing who's selling it who's taking it and these things so you're you're you can't generalize and say oh black people sell drugs no because so do white people so do asian people so do hispanic people and i have had interactions with all types of those races that sell drugs and i don't even use drugs so it yeah. goes to show, like, you you having this implicit bias. Now, my dad, for example, who's Hispanic and he grew up in mm-hmm. New York, he knows people that sold drugs, right? And I won't get into it because, obviously, I'm not going to do that here for legal reasons. <laughs> Sorry, FBI agent. Put your dad on blast. Right. Um, and my dad, he was very focused on, like, basketball and stuff like that, but he did see and grow up around it. So if you asked him, he'd probably, yeah, he'd probably say black people because right. that's what he grew up around. At the same time, though, same level of, of black people, same level of Hispanic people that were selling yeah. drugs, right? Yeah. Because we know Hispanics can be can be black, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like these things that we yeah. we ourselves yeah. we ourselves categorize and we forget that like um, these are not things pertaining to a race. These are these are just things that have to do with more than anything else, class. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you have a lot of money um you could have gotten it by selling drugs but you you would have started off poor most likely right and yeah. if you have a lot of money you're usually not the not the one that's there's the only one 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 cartel leader let's say right if you're at the if you're able to buy these things you have all this money you're usually just a buyer usually if you're the seller you're the one that doesn't have money at first and that's why you're selling right, right. so think about that if you're selling because you don't have money it's because you live in a community that what? Doesn't have a lot of money. <laughs> and you ask yourself why a community doesn't have a lot of money when you'd be putting everybody that go that is in that community in jail for petty crimes and when they grow up without fathers for a variety of reasons. So we're not saying completely blame the past or completely blame white people. We're saying it's just a big part of it. And denying oh, yeah. that it is is incorrect. 
So yeah, and yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, and and I, I mean, obviously, we know that the prison system, the justice system, is corrupt. Is, um, yeah, I mean, I something that um, I believe one of my professors was saying, or I, I read it somewhere. I can't, I can't recall exactly, but um, you know, it, it was basically the saying that um, if you're um, if you're if you're rich, I believe it says if you're rich and white, and you have um, if you're in jail for like um, a major crime, you're like so many times more likely to get um, released. Or uh, this is uh, this is like the bail, or like I believe actually like the bail system. Like um, if yeah, so it's basically like based around wealth if you're if you're rich and white or like if you're rich um and you if you're in jail for like a major crime you're like so much more likely to get out versus if you're poor and you are in the, for like a, a super minor crime like you'll serve years you know years on your sentence or more like it's it's insane i mean it makes sense they base the bail on your 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 equity but if you're rich yeah. your bail is, is pennies and that oh, extends, yeah. that extends, that's what I'm saying. It's like not exclusive to all white people are rich and all black people are not because there's plenty of black people that have money, right? Yeah. So that's not the point. The point is there's a pattern there. And when we recognize yeah. this pattern, we can actually do something about it for everyone, for everyone's benefit, not just black people. But if you continue to deny it, does not make it not true? <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Yeah, the facts are in the numbers. If you look at the you know, amount of, um, you know, the percentage of black people, people of color that go to jail to every white person, it it will blow your mind. Exactly. Let's just put it at that. I feel like it's at, I feel like this is probably this might be wrong, but I feel like it's one white person to every like seventeen black people or something. I think I think the the false incarceration rate is like seven. But again, I'll double check this out later. But. I feel like it was something like that. But again, I'm sure in, in future, in, or in, uh, <laughs> future um, of these podcasts, you know, we can go in more in depth and you can provide actual facts. Yeah, I, I definitely have. I definitely have a bunch of articles saved and um with my like new york times subscription and all my other subscriptions by the way i I encourage everybody to to go watch nbc7 just watch your local uh news and stuff like that to keep up on stuff that's happening um but yeah i definitely have a lot of information to read through it's a lot you know this day and age there's a lot of information all at the same time so definitely taking the time to sit down and sort through it and talk about them in these podcasts is like a huge goal for me yeah. For not and also, really quickly, um, if listeners are interested in learning more um, about the prison system, go watch the, the 13th documentary on Netflix by Ava DuVernay. It is amazing, and it changed my life. Yeah, and I love, I was going to say to you, we should definitely, uh, future, just sit down and do a podcast just about that. That'd be yeah. sick. Yes. And also, <laughs> really quick. Or when they see us. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you know what, actually, perfect timing, because I wanted to say, uh, we, I want to take a moment to just, um, you know, rest in peace to, to Bossman, um, you know, Chadwick, because he passed, and huge, huge inspiration, 
I want to take a side a sidetrack real quick. Actually, we'll we'll come back to this too because of a, a further question. You guys will see what I'm talking about. But um, when it comes to Black Panther, a lot of people don't know that the comics themselves, back in the day, reason why they were so important is because they really it was for these kids. You know, growing up, they didn't have any representation when it came to these superheroes that they were seeing. And when they had somebody like Black Panther out there, it really did give them inspiration. And on top of that, it made it the bridge much, I made the bridge uh, stronger between all different races because they could all admire the superhero, whether he yeah. was black or whether he was white because or whatever. Because his super, you know, his superpower, his superhuman powers. Yes, and, yeah. it, and it gave Africa much more uh, like, I guess, uh, just a, just a more, uh, just a different view. Cause we often hear about Africa being poor and being, uh, you know, save a, hung- a hungry kid, donate a dollar. But actually Africa has gorgeous cities and a lot of, of amazing, um, infrastructures. I think Ethiopia actually has, and this is, this is after, uh, a lot of like, uh, American scientists went to Ethiopia for sure and helped with the, with the help of the Ethiopians themselves, what they knew, a combination of what the American scientists knew, they were able to create a lot of, like, uh, healthy infra- infrastructure um, for, like, uh, what's environmental science. <laughs> like, their irrigation system yeah. and their agricultural system saved them from a freaking drought and, uh, and, and just hunger and famine when they worked together, which is really nice, you know? That's the thing you have to understand is it, it shouldn't be a conversation about who's better than the other it should be a conversation about what we can learn from each other and how we can get better. Yeah, and um, what we yeah. know is Africa is made up of many different countries. And Africa is literally one of the most diverse, uh, or is, is the most diverse. the most diverse place on earth so obviously there's going to be places where and you know there are thriving places you know and there are also going to be places where they're uh you know economically speaking are um not so like successful obviously um but that's like anywhere in the world that's not just in africa so you can't just say the country the, the continent of africa is um it's poor. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous Heck no. I mean, I honestly the other day I, I was watching this uh, this house tour of this guy. Oh my gosh, dude! I was watching that and I was like, dude, look, please let me live with you the way you live in bougie. <laughs> I'll send you it later, but that was so nice. Um, the next question I have is: so you're a member of the Black Student Union. Have they taught you anything? Um, well, uh, I actually, uh, there's, I'm not a member of the, the Black Student Union. There's, there's ASU, which I've actually gone to, like, I mean, only a couple times because of my <laughs> schedule. But I do hang out at the, um, at the Black Resource Center. Um, oh, okay. or I did. I went to the Black Resource Center, like, every single day. Um, and it's directed by Dr. Reddick and, um, Dr. Green and, um, Aaliyah Chambers. And, uh, they're just, I, I would say they're just the most, um, inspirational and, 
um, supportive and kind um, staff members, and they helped me like really find a place where I can feel comfortable, I can get resources, and that's what it's there for. Um, but yeah, I would just go there. I mean, I met so many people through there. They put on amazing events to uh, really strengthen and like show um, how strong the black community, like they go hard, they go hard at the Black Resource Center. Um, you know, and they're also like in alliance with all the other black um, uh, black clubs and like institutions or organizations on campus. So um, yeah, I definitely got connected through to other um, clubs like um, uh, Black Affinity through through there. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and part of the reason why I want to bring that up is just to say to any uh, SDSU students listening, um, you really do have a lot of resources on campus. I actually want to personally say that I appreciate the response that SDSU has had with its, um, specifically with its AFRA's classes and also with its um, criminal justice department, mm -hmm. where they're actually having changes made in order to uh, try to impact the change. I really do think that that's commendable, and I want to give the university a pat on the back for that one. Um, yeah. And so then also, last question I have, and this is the question I like best because this is just interesting to me. <laughs> so as a pre-film major... What do you look for in films that say they represent Black culture? Um, I would say first thing off the off the bat is um, not like a stereotypical depiction of Black people. Like we're not, we're you know we're not all poor. We're not all from these um, hard places. Um, I mean, they're we're diverse. So I would look for a diversity of black representation um you know also like historically um <laughs> the me media in general but especially film when they're when they have portrayed black people or black women specifically you know it's all it's all based around colorism it's all you know more light-skinned women uh exotic features etc etc um so as a light-skinned um woman you know, I, have to, I check my privilege and I also look you know look for the diversity like you know look for representation of more people like I mean even even just in um I mean off the bat I think of um x-men when I love x-men <laughs> that's like that was my childhood best I've grown up you know the um, like the original movies that they made feature Halle Berry. Love Halle Berry. No disrespect on her part, but um, you know she's a light-skinned woman, and the character of Storm is you know like historically the comic was she was darker skinned and she was literally from um, Africa. I'm not sure what country uh, the comics like placed her from, but 
she's from Africa and they chose to represent her in the films as a very light-skinned woman so I just find that very problematic yeah um, for yeah on one on one, <laughs> one part yeah Halle Berry is hot though I'll give them back. No, and She's I and I want to say I want to say too, like, um, just jumping into here, one quick note is I hear a lot about how you know how they had uh, Chloe and Hallie, mm. one of the two play Ariel, and people were saying, um, I think it was them that they had that they were gonna make Ariel live action, right? And they were gonna oh, oh like the mermaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so okay. a lot of people were like, well, if this was reversed and this. Was <laughs> Sorry, that was a crystal. Uh, this was reversed, and I don't know what else, right? I was like, but you have to remember this: is that when Ariel is a mermaid, she's not a real like culture, okay? Yeah. Like they were saying, well, prince, <laughs> prince, fantasy people. Exactly. They're like, oh, and princess and a frog, uh, they should have a white one. And I'm like, no, because first of all, um, Tiana's culture actually means something in that in that. Uh, yeah it's like the whole point so that doesn't make sense second and it's like such a such an empowering thing to have a black character a black woman character want to do something herself like and 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 build something herself not only for for black women for all women and 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 then on top of that um when it comes to most uh movies and things that we see like you said there isn't that much uh, representation, so the little bit that we do get, we're gonna appreciate it. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not comparable. Yeah. Now you tell me that Ariel had a, a, I don't know, a German background and she was, uh, a, you know, doing some kind of, or she was Irish and she was doing Irish dancing. <laughs> then yeah, I would, I would have a problem with it. But it's yeah. not the same, and that's what needs to be understood, um, for at least in my p- opinion. But yeah, as, as a film uh, pre-major and you definitely that's something that you always look to and i know you're working on your own um your own documentary documentary yes do you want to talk a little bit about that i mean it's funny that uh the questions that you know that you're mainly asking me today are are the ones that you are because um my documentary which is still um you know it's in the process uh pre-production phase as they say (laughs) yes um but yeah, it's basically gonna um, center around um, life as a black person on a predominantly white institution and just getting a lot of, um, just drawing awareness to our experiences, um, to the injustice that a lot of us um, uh, face and discrimination and um, just bringing more attention to it. And I, and I also plan on, you know, interviewing people um of other races you know white too just to see where um uh you know where they kind of fall within these issues and um yeah i guess bring more attention to the lack of understanding of like just the um uh the difference between uh, a lot of black people's um experiences on a daily basis versus people who are white. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah, also, I mean, something that I'm, you know, looking forward to uh, hopefully 
you know, I guess, uh, creating in the future, um, with my film is, um, you know, just different stories. Cause I feel like a lot of times, a lot of the major, um, like blockbuster movies that we've seen lately are historical, which is definitely good cause there is, um, a lack of education about, um, about black people, about our history, a lot of the things that we've gone through, um, which are relevant today. But at the same time, I think something that we need to see more of is things like Black Panther. That's why that movie was so successful and so um, iconic because it portrays black people in, um, in this amazing way. Like it shows how beautiful and how strong and um, amazing and diverse like we are and it shows different different um, scenarios different um, examples of us than you know a lot of times we see like movies I'm thinking um, like Selma which you know it's it's an amazing story it's so important for our history but it's also um, I guess in a way like continuing the narrative of, um, like, this is, I don't know, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to say, like, we need to see black people in just, in just, like, every, every way possible, and the same goes with other minorities, too, like, we need to just see them in everyday, um, everyday lives, like, it doesn't always have to be, like, uh, we will overcome type of scenario. Right. And last question I have, just a surprise, or I don't know if I'm going to end it now because yeah, you got, I didn't even realize we went so over time. I know, hour goes by really okay. fast. Okay, well I'll leave the surprise question for next time. Okay, but yeah, write it down for sure and we'll continue this. We will um, continue. She... I mean, I don't know what you're doing tonight later this evening, but we can even continue it then just so it's like fresh still. I may try to edit this just now just to push it okay. tonight just because the whole thing with Bozeman got me I want to just do something for him and... yeah but I want to I want to leave by saying um you know thank you so much for joining us um, thank, you. thank you to all the listeners and we really hope you guys enjoyed this little view into what <laughs> Z and I do on the daily basis <laughs> Besides, this, uh, is, this is literally what we do. <laughs> no, really. For real. <laughs> for you, real. Should, you should have heard us over the summer. Just no, lots of deep discussions. That's what we be doing at like 2 a.m. So Facts. I love you so much. And um, <laughs> go do your thing, girl. I'll, I'll see you next thank time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this stuff with you. And of course. It's really important. Of course. <laughs> and I'll make sure to tell everybody when you get that documentary. <laughs> Yes, put me on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girly. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. So, guys, I wanted to let you in a little bit into my world um, because I know in this podcast format, you don't really get to see me. You don't really, all you get to really do is just hear me for a short period of time. I try to make all my podcasts some kind of subset of seven. So 7, 14, 20. So this particular uh, podcast is going to be way longer than usual, but I think it's just necessary with everything that is going on right now. Um, and...
And to just get a little bit more personal with you before I go, I know that there's a lot of distrust in the media right now because there's just so much information. Um, we are seriously pressured to perform at a very, very quick pace because the world is moving with information so, so quickly. And, you know, people are posting images and videos without context. And it's just a lot of misinformation that's been thrown around. So in an effort to, like, produce content quick enough, but also and like report quick enough, but also fact check. Sometimes we do mess up. And my goal in doing all this is to do the best that I can to share everything as fairly as possible. And I'll sum everything up with a quote by Chadwick Boseman. Um, I'd like to just say boss man, (laughs) Um, who I hope is just resting in peace. And he said, When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. Thanks for joining me on these seven minutes with me or so, and I'll see you next time.